And welcome into the GI Jake Show right here on Fan Run Radio Live in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. I am your host, Jake Miller, alongside Brett Hollander, Marcus Young, and intern Jack. Well, not much Tennessee topic to talk about today. Oh, by the way, this guy named Todd Helton, who played quarterback at the University of Tennessee and was also a baseball player here at the University of Tennessee, goes on to spend his career with Colorado Rockies. All of a sudden, last year, it's like, okay, well, surely he's getting in, right? Wrong. Yesterday, it is official. Todd Helton will be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. How about it? Well-deserved honor. Only the second SEC baseball player to ever be inducted into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. That is the most alarming stat. I think alarming I'm, or just shocking? Uh, shocking. It's, yeah, it's yeah, shocking like, alarming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Think about how great the SEC is with football and even with basketball as of late. Now, granted, we had some good teams back in the day, but the fact that he's only the second SEC player to ever be inducted, that blew my mind when that stat was told to me last night. And that was just nuts to me. I could not believe it. Well, they mentioned it on the morning show when I was listening that you know, a lot has to do with guys don't go to college. You know, they they go straight to the pros. Yeah, because there's no excuse for them to go to college. If they're that good of a baseball player with a signing bonus that you can get, and as it's a first just rounder, dang hard to make the Hall of Fame. It is really hard to make the Hall of Fame because there's guys that don't get in that deserve it. This is true. It's about that time. <laughs> it's about that time. But when you look at baseball and the way that this shapes up. So say you're a 17 year old, you know, coming out of high school, you played travel ball your whole life, and they think you're going to be a first round draft pick. Do you know what the signing bonuses are for some of those guys? If you manage your money right, because obviously you're not going to go straight to the majors. Yeah, that that never happens. Right. Like we've seen, you know, Steven Strasburg and Bryce Harper shoot up through the ranks really quick and play it. Like nineteen, I'm pretty sure is what they were when they played. Strasburg right. might have played right before his nineteen. Well, yeah, well, yeah, well, he went to college though. Strasburg. Strasburg went to college. He was like San Diego State or something like he that. I believe. I believe Harper has been a phenom since he was like fifteen. Well, Bryce Harper also didn't go to college because. Oh yeah, I mean he's a phenom. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean you just don't do that. No. But I mean with the signing bonuses that you get, you know, obviously you don't make a lot of money in the minors. Like everybody is well aware of that, right? Like yeah, unless you're like like a top pick you know yeah. you don't make anything exactly yeah you might get a million or two and it's like okay well you got to make that last for your first you know four or five years in the minors and hope that you make the majors right and if not well guess what you, know, you basically got to start over yeah you got to start your life over well some of these guys have a decision to make now because yeah. i mean now with nil like maui mm-hmm. waited till like the last minute decided he was gonna go play in the giants organization mm-hmm. because you're gonna be even though you're making this money you're Traveling on these terrible buses, like hundreds of miles, rather oh, yeah. you you're flying on a UT jet, yeah, you know, to all these games, getting the same pub, probably more pub, honestly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're on a team at that point, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like you're getting more exposure. People know who you are. It's like we know who Drew Gilbert is. We know who Jordan Beck is. Now you have to go hit with a wooden bat. Yes, that's a difference. That, obviously, that's a that's huge a difference. Different. You know, so you got to go do that and. You know, things like that. Well, but. because the bats they're using now, they're called BB core. Like, right. everyone's like, well, they're using aluminum bats. No, I mean, if you know the sport, right. you, you can tell the pop from a different bat. So, it's like aluminum bats, it's a big ding. BB core is a little bit different. It's composite bat, and that's what you well, use. And they'll check your bats. We know oh, that. they will check your bats. <laughs> Damn Vanderbilt. Yeah. Um, but BB core, that's used in high school. Right. Pretty sure it's used on the travel ball circuit. It's used in college. And then once you get to the pros, you have to use a wooden bat. Now, right. you have the option to use a wooden bat at those lower circuits, mm-hmm. but it makes it a lot more forgiving if you're not using a wooden bat. I don't know. Marcus, have you ever swung a baseball bat, Jack? Years ago. Yeah. Have you ever swung a wooden bat? No. I have actually. Yeah. You can tell the difference in a pop. Oh, yeah. And you can tell the difference in how forgiving the BB core aluminum bat is as opposed to a wooden well, bat. The wooden bats haven't gotten better. Like, you hit the sweet spot on a wooden bat now, it's going. Oh, it's going about well, we've, 400 We've seen feet. that. We saw at Smoky Stadium when that other team played against us. Oh, Tennessee Tech, man. Tennessee Tech. Of all teams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, props to Todd Helton. Yeah, absolutely. It's fantastic. You know, seeing yeah. you know, a guy that played not only baseball here, but football as well, and was actually ahead Where of Where does Peyton. he rank? Like, I mean, obviously he's Hall of Famer, so yeah. he ranks right up there as top athletes ever 
come through this school, yes. right? Not just baseball players, but athletes. Yeah, I mean, he beat out Peyton. Yeah. I mean, think uh, about quarterback. that. Marcus, did you know that? <laughs> no. So, the way it worked in 1994, Peyton wasn't even going to play, period. So, Jerry Colquitt was your starter, yeah. right? He gets hurt, like, on the first or second play out at UCLA. Yep. And then Peyton Manning comes in for three snaps. Then Florida comes to town. Peyton has his first completion against Florida. Well, Mississippi State, Todd Helton's your starter mm-hmm. at quarterback. And then Todd Helton gets hurt, so Peyton Manning goes in, and they ran the offense that was put in place for Todd Helton down at Mississippi State. Peyton had a phenomenal game. Yeah, that was basically his. It's like, okay, I'm here, I'm 18, but guess what? I'm going to make an impact for the University of Tennessee, and he did. Now, granted, they didn't run that same offense all year because with Todd Helton, they were going five wide, and they were slinging the ball all over the place. Then they ran back to the original Philip former David Cutcliffe offense after that. Mm. Now, I think they went eight and four. In Peyton's first year, I think that's the record because you got to think yeah. they only had eleven games the regular season. Well, back he then. only lost how many is in his career? Like eleven uh, tops, like eleven games. Yeah, I mean, oh, I don't Peyton he, as a starter. I oh, mean, I don't think he got, even got close to that. Well, I mean, he would have to lose at least two, right? He would have to lose because he lost to Florida every year. He lost to Florida every year. He lost to Alabama his freshman year. Never lost to him again after that. Lost to Nebraska, I know, in his last game. Yes, uh, won won three of his four bowl games. Yeah, because he. Yeah, we kept going to the Citrus Bowl and beat Northwestern or beat Virginia Tech to beat Northwestern. You beat Ohio, Ohio State. State. Was he Ohio State court? Was he there? Yeah, ninety six, right? Ninety five or that was ninety five? That was, that was uh, Eddie George. The ninety five year game was played in ninety six. That was uh, Eddie George, Mike Vrabel were on that Ohio State team. Yeah, yeah, and we won. Yeah, Bill Duff Jay had the Graham, play of the day. Jay Graham. Yeah, Bill Duff. Yeah, at the bottom oh, of the yeah. heap. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's some funny stories about build up that we cannot yeah, repeat like, on radio. Like Hilton was a poor man's he Shuler a little bit. Yeah, like the way he played. Yeah, quarterback. He, he really was. But because th- was he the quarterback? And uh, when we went down to Georgia, or am I thinking the Heath game? Uh, which one are you thinking of? I don't know the one. I I thought that was one of his last games was he when he played against Georgia, and then he decided he was going to focus on baseball. I don't know. That I could be wrong, been. but um, I don't know. But Todd Helton. Fantastic honor. Great job. And people tried to uh, hold it against him that he played in Colorado. So because, like... You still have to swing a bat. You still have to go oh, out there yeah. and field the you, ball. You have to hit it. You have to... Yeah. I mean, what do you have three... I don't even know what his final stats were. It's been so long since... Because he's been on the ballot for, what, six years, I think it took him. Yeah, and he finally got in. Yeah. I mean, so. the thing is, I don't care if he played in Colorado or not. And, you know, they've you know held that against some people. But then there's people that have played in Colorado mm-hmm. whose stats were not as good as Todd's, but they let them in. Right. But you look at it from this perspective, well-deserving, probably should have been inducted last year. I mean, if we're being completely honest, he should have been inducted last year, yeah. but he finally gets inducted this year. And then moving gears to college basketball, uh, Kentucky. What happened? What in the world happened to you? Because this is a game we were talking about yesterday, and you know, I even said you know that might be a big one to watch because Kentucky was only a five-and-a-half-point favorite, and they end up losing by 17. Yeah, it's nuts. It's, it's shocking, really. Big Z, uh, he disappeared. Big yeah, Z, yeah. I think we got. I I'm prisoner of the moment. I think as well. I mean, you saw what he did in that first game. You're like, dang. I mean, he should be able to do this against everybody. Well, you know, we were talking to Phil yesterday, and he said, "Well, I mean, he only played one game. Keep that in mind." And also, he was only eligible about an hour or so before the game. So, I mean, they had no film on this guy. They had no clue what he could do. No idea how he was going to play with these guys. No idea how he's going to work in this offense. And, you know, another note for Kentucky, you know, all the media train that's been around Reed Shepard. And, you know, I like the kid. Yeah, he's, he's, he can shoot it. He can shoot it, but fill it up. he was one of four last night. He only played 15 minutes. But, you know, like I said, I like that kid just because you can tell that's a kid that actually wants to be at the University of Kentucky. Guys from, you know, North, oh, his North dad Laurel. Was, dad was a legend there. I mean, uh, mom yeah. played there as well. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's that's something to note there. But it's uh, did not look good for the cats up north. No, did not they look they good at all. they got they got beaten every aspect of this game. Looking at the box score, it's just it's bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not pretty. You would have thought South Carolina was a sixth ring team. You would have thought. I mean, but, they out rebounded them. They were dishing the ball around a little yeah, bit better. Twenty assists on twenty nine made field goals. I mean, same amount of blocks, same amount of steals. But I mean, they just man. This is just you insane. You hate to see it, don't you? No, you don't hate to see it at all. <laughs> I can't stand them people. I mean, you look at the three-point percentage. Kentucky 
shot 30.8% from three, four of 13. South Carolina shot 45.8, 11 of 24. Mm-hmm. So I'm, obviously you give yourself more chances. What's, what's this thing that we call it? The law of averages. The more chances you give yourself, the more likely you are to take advantage and make those shots. Now you look at you know overall shooting percentage. You know Kentucky shot the ball two more times than South Carolina did. They shot the ball 25 of 62 for 40.3 percent. South Carolina 29 for 60 at 48.3. Kentucky did have the advantage at the foul line, but they only shot nine free throws. So if, I mean, if you're going to take advantage of that, you got to find a way to get yourself to the charity stripe. I mean, they call it a free throw for a reason because yeah. it is the easiest shot in basketball. Yeah, no, I agree. And if you don't believe me, think about it this way. You have nobody guarding you. There's no pressure on you whatsoever. You can fit two basketballs at the same time into that orange cylinder. Yeah. Well, it, it's And it's gonna... the same shot. You know exactly where that shot's going to be every single time you go to the free throw line. Yeah. I mean, this is why a lot of teams, you know, you have to hit nine out of ten free throws before you can go to the locker room right. in most cases. And that's not just the collegiate level. That's, you know, coming all the way up. That's why we practice our free throws. Yeah, I mean, we get South Carolina here in, uh, what, next week, I guess, and on that, the 30th. And, and that game all of a sudden just got really interesting because now South Carolina is sitting at 16-3. and three. Well, Yeah, most important, like in the conference, their schedule now. Yeah. Or I mean, their record. They're 4-2 and two in conference. Kentucky's 4-2 and two in conference. Yeah. Of course, you got a big one tonight, Alabama-Auburn. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, I mean, you just don't know how games are going to go now. You know, like, I don't know how I feel about that one tonight. I can't wait to recap our um, – our ridiculous parlay that we did last night. Oh, gosh. We were close on a few. We were close on a few. But. We're off by almost all of them. No, not on the 12 leg. Oh, really? Uh, the we, one you did? I mean, we hit about 66%. So, I mean, if we had done them all separate, we'd have you know, made money. Because yeah. the key there, if you're betting, you want to make, you know. Right. If you want to make money, you have to hit at least 60% of your bets. Yeah. People are like, oh, I win half, I lose half, so I'm breaking even. No, you're not, you're not breaking even because your odds are not in your favor. At that point, if you bet ten dollars and it's minus one ten, you're going to get back nineteen oh nine. So you're losing a dollar if you don't hit one of the bets. Yeah. So that's how it is. I guess realistically, you're losing. Yeah, you're losing more than that. So that's going to be interesting to talk about in the final segment of the program. We're going to take a quick time out. Stay with us. The GI Jake Show marches on right here on Fan Run Radio. Making a better vodka soda ain't rocket science. You just gotta start with a better vodka. And then voila, you get White Claw Vodka Soda. Your taste buds are about to get a PhD in deliciousness. JB Smooth only drinks vodka soda made with the world's smoothest vodka. Try the all new White Claw Vodka Soda. Pick up a variety pack of their four delicious flavors. Only 100 calories, 4.5% alcohol, and two grams of sugar. White Claw Vodka Soda. Please drink responsibly. Are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. Rogers Utility Solutions, a division of Rogers Hydrant Service, is a family-run Tennessee-based business since 2015. Now serving municipalities and residences in 14 states, Rogers offers fire hydrant flow testing, distribution flushing, and maintenance programs in accordance with ISO standards. Rogers also offers hydrant repair and installation, and they have the capability of repairing hydrants under pressure. For more information on Rogers' new sewer maintenance program, complete with mapping, cleaning, and camera inspecting, Visit RogersHydrantService.com. Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865 
or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team, delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. They are our love bugs and companions. They are our pets, our family, and they make life better. When we face unexpected challenges, so do our pets. That's why we're on a mission to support people and their pets. Whether donating a bag of kibble, sharing an Instagram post of a lost cat, or welcoming a foster pet into your home, every bit of kindness counts. Visit petsandpeopletogether.org to learn how to be a helper in your community. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. I met her down at Althane. She said that she saw me walking in about a mile away. Bean just had to take her phone and I just took her smile away. She said I'm too drunk and crazy. She don't like the way I dance. I said you don't have to join in. She said she'd take a chance. I've been kind of crazy ever since they went down. I got kind of lost and baby, this what I found. Girls like you just want to take me around, around, and around. Oh, there's two things that you're going to Back here on the G.I. Jake Show right here on Fan Run Radio. We are going to give you some breaking news right off the top here in this segment. Here's the Titans have finalized the hire. It is happening. Brian Callahan will be the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. And yesterday we had talked about a little bit about, you know, all these coaching changes that are happening. One that happened yesterday that I don't think anybody was expecting. The Milwaukee Bucks, who are 30 and 13 on the year, fired their head coach. 43 games into his head coaching career. This was just bizarre to me. Adrian Griffin was their coach's his first head coaching job. 43 games in. He was an assistant with him, right? Yeah. They just I'm pretty sure. Moved him up. I mean, think about this. 43 games into his coaching career, he gets oh, fired. Oh, no, he was with the Raptors, sorry. Oh, with uh, Nick Nurse? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, and he went to Milwaukee. Yep. So, like we said, he was 30-13, and 13, had a basically a 70% win percentage at that point. But it wasn't good enough. They right. dropped from 4th to 22nd in defensive efficiency from a season ago. Now, when you lose guys like Drew Holiday... That's going to happen. And then late yesterday evening, just a few short hours after they fired him, they go out and they hire one that everybody knows, Doc Rivers. Marcus. Well, there there are some uh, conflicting reports right now. Nothing's been finalized yet, but they are in deep conversation. Really? So uh, the last thing, obviously, NBA on TNT posted – per CNN Sports, that the Bucks were hiring Doc Rivers. Uh, there is mutual interest, but there's no agreement yet, according to Jordan Schultz. Uh, but there is mutual interest. Uh, obviously, Woj also reported earlier Tuesday that they've reached out to him, and they're engaging in conversation. So uh, not so fast just yet, but it, it's, it's probably going it's to going happen. It's going to happen. But yeah, just nothing official yet. I but mean, it's crazy because it feels like Either one of two things. Either this is all the entire locker room making this decision mm-hmm. that they don't really want to follow under Griffin, or could it be one of their two big stars that has forced this decision, Dame or uh, the Greek freak? That's um, it's still it, just odd to be. How do you fire a coach that has won 70% of his games throughout the year? I mean, literally, it was just half the season that was over. And, and I mean, you know, what are these guys me, not dude. involved when they hired him in the offseason? I, I guess not. I mean, you got to think they had to go out and hire, um, hire a coach. And at the same time, they're trying to get Dame away from my Miami Heat, <sighs> which I'll take what we got now down in Miami. I'll take that. I'll take that, you know, nine times out of 10. What? You'll take what? Terry Rozier. Over Dame? Maybe in this case because you can have too much talent on a team, man. You and Jordan were crying spilled milk when you guys weren't getting Dame. 
You guys were so upset. Yeah, we were upset because we won a dame at the time. We're happy we got Terry Rozier and got rid of Kyle Lowry. <laughs> you are ridiculous. I know I'm ridiculous. <laughs> Good. Terry, I'd rather have Terry Rozier than Dame. Okay. I mean, think about it. It's going to be much more you productive. You need from another that player to make a big shot than Jimmy Butler. Uh, we got Duncan Robinson. We got Tyler oh, okay. Hero. All we right. got Jaime Hawkins. We got the steal of the draft, man. We got the steal of the draft. Oh, God. Jack, I haven't talked to you today. How are you, sir? Yeah, please. <laughs> He's going to agree with me. I'm doing fantastic. Yeah. yeah, that is a wild take. I got to be honest. But the, the part for me. Stir the pot. The part for me that's interesting is that they're getting Doc Rivers. Like, Yeah, that doesn't make sense. He, re- like, he hadn't done really anything relevant since his championship in 2008. I just I don't understand the hire, honestly. I mean, Doc Rivers, he's one of these guys. I mean, we saw what happened in L.A. We saw what happened in Philly. He's going to have a lot of talent around him. He's going to go probably to the, I guess, you know, Milwaukee being in the Eastern Conference, the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, should have made a run or two with the Clippers when he was in L.A. with the Western Conference Finals, but he didn't. And, you know, we're just going to have to see where it goes from here with, with Milwaukee. Hopefully it doesn't interfere with my heat and the run they're going to make come playoff time. If you want to talk to us, 865-546-8200, your number if you want to get on the show, Daniel is up next what do you say daniel jake i've uh me and my cousin garrett we always talk about nba um uh free agency and moving and we mm-hmm. were we were make we thought it made most sense that dame went to miami and we were watching it like hawks and we always say that every year in miami and i'm i i've uh, I, I got i gravitate to being a miami fan now and um sorry miami is always the bridesmaid not the bride free agency hey man. we're gonna make a run man don't worry about it we're gonna make a run you got the greatest free agent ever that was on the market right you got lebron yeah but that's that's oh. been this is now i mean they've been tied to everybody though right i mean everybody in post in free agencies always jack wasn't miami alive when lebron miami went to miami, miami. okay <laughs> <laughs> he knows basketball history <laughs> i'm kidding jack would have been what 10 yeah Pretty damn smart. No, sorry, Daniel. Go ahead. No, no, I just, I just, I think I've always when you when you said that about Miami and and, and, and Dame him going there, it, you know, it made a lot of sense. But uh, I I heard on Cowherd yesterday they were talking about about the fit of, of Doc Rivers going to Milwaukee, and it was more of more or less something like a, an adult being in the room to handle the veterans. And Cowherd, you know, he's a talking head, but I think he makes a lot of sense sometimes. Also about Cowherd, I think he would be a great GM, the way he talks about running franchises. He, he, he loves all that kind of stuff. But I like the pro sports talk, especially NBA when it gets into the playoffs. I think there's nothing better than NBA playoffs. I mean, here's the thing with uh, Colin Cowherd, which you can listen to from 12 to 3 here on Fan Run Radio. He had a comment one time about my alma mater, MTSU, because someone from Murfreesboro had called in and was like, well, what about the teams like Middle Tennessee State for the NCAA tournament? And he called it a Mid-South Trucking School. And, I mean, the thing is, he wasn't wrong. He wasn't right, but he wasn't wrong. I mean, it's right. a, it's the easiest school in the state to get into. Yeah, he's, you know, he, he's got a lot of West Coast bias, and he's got a lot of pro-talk bias, but um, – I, I I like some of his takes on 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 most occasions, but um, I think I think we got a really interesting uh, tonight's a very interesting game with Auburn and Alabama. Um, I think we got a I, 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 there's starting to be some smoke to uh, connect being a Naismith Player of the Year. So yes, I, I'm hoping that if we can if he goes out and has a good night in Rupp, I think I think you know. I think his coming out party has already happened, but the campaign oh, might get really under under some fire there. I know you guys got a guest coming up. I wanted to get on and talk about that, but you all have a good day. Go balls. Hey, appreciate the phone call, Daniel. Yeah, if you haven't seen, Dalton Connect is now the second in line for betting favorites as far as the Wooden Award goes. That is nuts to me. Why, why is it nuts? Because it just doesn't seem like any Tennessee player – has made that run in so long or even been in talks for it no i mean yeah i mean he came in with those expectations though people were talking about him uh being a big time player i mean we didn't know to this extent i guess i mean 
to carry a team the way he is right now, um, especially with guys that are first team all, all conference on your team. Um, but yeah, but it's, it's impressive right now. That's for sure. Who's at one? Is it Edie? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Stupid. He's just big. Yeah, it's annoying. Get out of here. <laughs> I mean, do we think Zach Edie will make an impact in the NBA? No. He would have left. Okay. He would have left if he would have been an NBA player. I mean, there's a reason that he, Hunter Dickinson, and Armando Baycott are still in college. I mean, maybe Dickinson can be a Vucevic because he can shoot. Edie can't do anything point. outside the paint. No, I mean, he just bullies people because he's a foot and a half taller than everybody because there's so many undersized big men he was right now. Gonna be, he was going to go undrafted last yeah. year. He's Naismith Player of the Year. I mean, you can think about this. He's probably going to be the – Probably the first player since Ralph Sampson to win that award twice in back-to-back years. He better not. And he's still, still not going to go to the NBA. At least he won't do anything. I mean, look at Oscar Sheboy. Look at how dominant he was at Kentucky. And what is he doing right now? He's with the Mad Ants or whatever the hell. I mean, maybe you pick him up on your team. Like, don't draft him. Go undrafted. You pick him up to play. Give him some minutes against Embiid. Body him for a bit. Jokic, but he's not. He ain't going to Jokic. He's not going to go out there and change Pistons' life. No, you know, like no. people like that. I, mean, I mean, the thing is, like the Pistons. I mean, they. I don't even know what they need to do to that franchise. I mean, it's sad, really. You can't light a fire under them. You have to burn the building down while everybody's in there. Like that's how bad the situation is in Detroit right now. Yeah, no, I, I think agree. it's the cost for this Lions run. Like, if you're going to let that happen, yeah. And think about yeah. this too. I mean, you look at the Titans franchise. You know, of course, they're hiring a new head coach. I mean, they're basically having to build this thing from the ground up. They got more cap space than probably they've had in how long, Marcus? A long time. Long time. And thank goodness we got somebody in here that's going to discuss that with us. Let's welcome in Outkicks Davey Hudson to join us here on the GI Jake Show. Davey, what's up, man? Hey guys, how we doing? I'm, uh, you know, I'm actually doing pretty well. Uh, it's, it's finally I'm, I'm thawed out over here in the mid state, and you know, we actually just. I don't know if you guys have discussed it, but like Schefter just put it out that in addition to officially hiring Brian Callahan as the head coach, they've also, uh, I guess, figured out what they're going to do for structure, and they've technically promoted Rand Carthon to uh, executive vice president and general manager, and you know he's going to have a uh, full roster control. So it's going to be interesting to see as we head into this offseason exactly what he's looking to do as it comes to building this team. Man, I mean. Think about that. We just dropped some breaking news a minute ago. Davey dropping some news on us now. Marcus, you got something? Well, no no breaking news, but that leads into my first question for you then, Davey. Uh, does does this kind of set up what Amy kind of wanted to do all along, or do we think that this may have been uh, just a part of who they ended up hiring, uh, making this decision to give Rand Carthon a lot more of the control over the roster? <laughs> It's a good question, Marcus, and it's one of those things to where I don't have an exact answer of like, all right, this this was her plan all along. I think she's she's very she, she's got a quick trigger at times, and if you look back to whenever things went down with the firing of John Robinson, it looked as though, all right, well, by doing this, you're setting it up to where Vrabel's had her ear, and it looks like he will ultimately be given a lot more control over the roster. And then, lo and behold, just a year later, he's been ex- he's exited stage left, and now Rand was the guy that she ultimately hired for that GM position. And while he didn't have uh, full authority over roster's decisions at all, and what I was told was it pretty much was just Brabel telling him what to do. Him and Brabel didn't exactly see eye to eye. You're probably going to hear reports from within. It's like, no, we had a good working relationship. I don't necessarily buy that. And and now. Um, you know, they've, they've got the new head coach in here, but it looks as though Amy's like, all right, Rand, I'm going to let you kind of determine how you want to build this roster, and, and you'll have uh, you'll have a crack at it, and, and we'll see what ultimately he's looking to do there. And with all the cap space that's about to open up down there, I mean, there are, there's a lot you can do. And things you don't have to go out and hire a guy, or excuse me, sign a guy to a contract that is you know going to get a massive deal. Like, you can build pieces around that in order to make that run in the playoffs and it's a run that you know we thought you know we had a chance you know the titans we thought that there was a chance there with that window with Tannehill, with henry with aj i mean we all thought it's like okay well if they can just get past this one game you know 
you make it to the AFC Championship, you just got to win this game, and you were in the Super Bowl, and you're going to give yourself a chance to bring home the trophy. And ultimately, they didn't. The door effectively, I mean, let's call it like it is. There was not really a slow transition. It just slammed shut all at once for the Titans. Davey, what would you do in this situation? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, obviously that, that Bengals playoff loss was probably like the low of lows for like over the last decade for the Titans, as far as like just that gut punch of you're realizing that window's over, um, as you're setting up. I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they decide to structure this roster. I'm not breaking any news here by saying it seemed as though based off these interviews, Brian Callahan was the coach that's thinking no I like Will Levis a lot I can really work with him he's the guy that I want to build build around and I mean this pretty much seals the door shut on a possible Derrick Henry return I know that's something a lot of people have been discussing I don't really see that happening with this new offense I'm not saying it's 100 percent but it, it doesn't look good and it's just I really don't have a good feel on what they're they're wanting to do for building this roster moving forward i, I I know there's there's been that conversation of yeah it looks like they're going to take the left tackle um, whether it's it's Joe Alt or Olu Fashanu uh, with the seventh pick and and now people are like well maybe they end up going with a a, a wideout and and help with the um, having somebody special on the outside as a weapon uh, I'll give you guys uh, this is a rumor but I was told Ran did not want the team to draft. Peter Skaronsky last year. I'm not saying he was anti-Peter Skaronsky, but he had his eye on another player. And what I'll say is that player is a right now a rookie wide receiver that's still on a team um, playing for a chance to, to get their team to the Super Bowl. So let you guys do a little bit of digging on that one. Mm, I think I um, already know, unfortunately. How this hurts my heart. <laughs> and, but, but as we're looking at this, it's, it's one of those things at, and I know, Jake, this wasn't your initial question, but I'm just going to give you guys this to um, throw around down there because I know this will definitely generate some controversy. So a lot of people thought, hey, Ben Johnson, maybe maybe they go that route. And you look at him not exactly being like, I'm signed up for doing an interview with the Titans. This is a team I want to go to. And maybe that's because he doesn't like Will Levis. Well, Who's the quarterback that Detroit currently has that they drafted in last year's class? Yep. Yep. And it hooker. So is, is that he was maybe just a, and again, like, I don't, it's just, was he thinking, you know, Hendon, Hendon's a much better player. That's the guy I would rather work with. Now, again, he's the backup. Jared Goff's going to be that quarterback for a long time, especially mm-hmm. after this year. But, I don't know. I'll, I'll let you guys sit on that one. You can discuss that one when after the call, but it's it's at least going to be a breath of fresh air to see a modern offense. I mean, it was fun when Arthur Smith was here and they were rolling, but it's been going on two seasons since this team scored over 28 points in a game. And you kind of bring up the, the freshness of what this offense can look like. And, we, and this isn't even our first question for you. It should have been, which was when you saw that this was the – rumored hire for a while that they were finalizing the deal what was your first thought was it was it straight to we're gonna see some offense like you're excited about it do you feel like this guy is gonna be able to do what we need to do given the fact that you know the biggest thing people talk about is he didn't play call I know he was involved in the offense in Cincinnati but uh did that part worry you when you first heard the the finalization of this my initial reaction wasn't like wow or that's terrible. Uh, it, it was it was just somewhere in the middle, and it's like, all right, I can I, I can see what the appeal was for him. Uh, af- after hearing more about other current head coaches that I, I like in this league that weren't exactly play callers, whenever they uh, accepted that uh, position as a head coach, I'm, I'm not as concerned. I mean, I know a lot of people point to Kevin O'Connell, um, Matt McDaniel down in Miami. They also look at Zach Taylor in Cincinnati, which is where he's coming from. Um, it, so that didn't exactly make me be wary. I, I am curious to see how he does taking on that role, but he's at least got a really good track record as far as the quarterbacks he's worked with. And 
Like I'm not going to get into the the Peyton Sill of approval. We we know how that's gone. But you know, look at his time in uh, with with Matt Stafford, his time with uh, Derek Carr, who I don't really think is that good of a quarterback, and he managed to help him have a really good season. So there's those pieces of guys that he's worked with that you can tell this guy at least knows what he's doing. And we always say if you don't have a quarterback in this league, you don't have a shot. So uh that. Sorry, go ahead, David. Finish. No, that that, that, was, all, that was all I got to say, man. Hey, uh, so do you think the tight? I mean, we know how Marcus feels about Levis and stuff. Um, <laughs> I, w- I was just curious. I mean, do you think they stand pat with Levis? Do you think Callahan? I mean, his. I mean, his. All of these head coaches, their their job, let's face it, is reliant on what the quarterback does. I mean, that's what wins you games. That's how you achieve success in the NFL uh, ultimately, is Levis the guy? I mean, do you see, could they go spend a one-year deal on, a, I don't know, Kirk Cousins? Um, no, to, they're, they're, to, I, I, I just can't see them doing that. They, okay. I mean, Amy talked about how, you know, we've got a, a promising young quarterback in, in her letter whenever they were like, all right, when we're moving forward. Uh, they, they, they've invested in him. They, I mean, they traded up to draft him last year. Sorry, I was actually had, had the cap stuff pulled up uh, and yeah. that went off. But the the other thing for how I look at this is if you look back to when the Titans had Mike Malarkey and they needed to make a change of general manager, mm-hmm. essentially when John Robinson took that job, he took that job knowing I've got Mike Malarkey as the coach. The owner's not moving off from Malarkey. So it's can I am I good to work with him? And he ultimately said yes. He managed to get her ear over the year, and we saw even though the Titans beat the Chiefs in the playoffs, knocked them out, went up to New England and lost that one 35-14, you could just tell this team needed something else to kind of get over that hump. And John Robinson managed to talk Amy Adams Strunk into letting go of Malarkey, and they managed to bring in Vrabel. I, I kind of view that as the same thing as, like, whoever's got her ear now, they're like, all right, we're rolling with Levis, but I think if Brian Callahan gets in here, they roll with Levis this year, and he just realizes this isn't the guy. I could see them moving very quickly after that, but all indications, everything going into this season is Will Levis is the franchise quarterback until he isn't, and hopefully Brian Callahan is able to tap into that potential. And that we'll see what they do with the offensive coordinator position, the quarterback's coach, because I mean, those are going to be vital in helping this guy continue to grow and and, and see if he's able to turn this team into a contender. Davey, another thing about uh, Brian Callahan that uh, I think a lot of people have talked about, obviously, is he is the son of probably one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL, and Bill Callahan, uh, who is currently the O-line coach for the Cleveland Browns. Do you see any way that Bill comes to work with this offensive line, which clearly over the last few years has needed some help, whether that be by player or by coaching. Uh, do you see him making his way onto that staff? Right now I'm going to say no. Um, I think he would like to. I mean, the Browns have managed to hang on him for a long time. It would be a great hire, don't get me wrong. But it's it's just one of those things to where – it's not as easy as like, yeah, I want to go here. They're just going to let me go kind of thing. He might be able to talk them into allowing it to happen, but right now I I don't see it. I, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, the, the other thing was, I mean, the report kind of came out the other day that like Mike Munchak would be open to coming back and, and coaching the Titans offensive line, and I, I wouldn't be against that. I know a lot of people are like, you'd want to bring a, a former head coach back into the building. Um, it, we're still waiting to see how it plays out, but – uh, Vance Joseph was the former coach for the Broncos, and they ended up bringing him back as a DC. So it just—it's one of those things to where it would be a great hire to get Callahan or to get Bill Callahan or Munchak. I—I I just think we'll just wait and see. I'm not going to make a proclamation, but if I guess if you had to put me on the spot, I don't see Bill Callahan coming to the Titans, but I would love to be wrong. David, we appreciate you coming on. Real quick, before we let you go, talk a little bit of Vols basketball. How about this guy, Dalton Connect, man? I mean, this guy just keeps showing out and keeps showing out. And now he's got himself as basically everyone's saying, you look at the betting odds, obviously people think he's one of the best, if not the best player 
in the country, setting himself up to win some very prestigious awards at the end of the year. Overall, when you look at this Tennessee basketball team, how deep can this team run? Because obviously, I made a complete, you know, turnaround on Rick Barnes. You know, one one second, you know, last year, I was one foot off the bus, one foot on. Then I got both feet back on the bus this year once we saw what we had in Dalton Connect and some of the other pieces that are built around him. Now I'm to the point, Davey, where I'm sitting back down. Is this one of those deals kind of like the Tennessee Titans? Is this Rick Barnes' window that has been wide open for him? And now is his shot to make that jump to the Final Four. And if he doesn't get it done this year, will that window slam shut? I wouldn't say the window slams shut, but this is, from a pure talent standpoint, the, the most talented team he's had since the, the Grant and Admiral team. Uh, the, the only concern you might have is you, you could tell that things changed drastically last year after Zakai Ziegler went down, and you're praying that doesn't happen again. God forbid any injuries. I mean, I just look at this team, and, and they're a complete team. We've even had guys, we'll talk about it on, on voluntary reaction, is last couple of games, Triple J, Vescovy, they hadn't exactly been on their game. You're just getting you're getting so much out of Jonas Adu and Dalton Connect, it's not really mattered. And so if you're getting three or four of these guys that are on and against Alabama, you know, Ganey off the bench was able to really contribute from a scoring standpoint. There's just so many weapons, and that's the one thing where I, I don't see it with this team that we've seen with a lot of teams uh, that Coach Barnes has had in the past is that if your scores aren't on that night, you're likely going down. Tennessee can afford to have a couple of guys not really show up and still come out on top. So as long as you know this, this team is continuing to play with the same level of intensity on defense, I've, I feel good that even if they're not scoring well on a given night, they're going to be able to, to beat 99% of the teams out there and you know, right now Auburn's only a game ahead of you for the, the top of the SEC, but it's it's going to be fun to watch. And I mean, this could be the first time we get a get a one seed. Right now, according to the net rankings, Tennessee's number four, so they're right there. You know, Kim Palm, Tennessee's uh, fourth as well. The uh, second adjusted defensive efficiency, nineteenth adjusted offensive efficiency. So you're looking at those metrics where these are the team, like where this team is at. Typically, your national champion will come from a group that has similar statistics. And like like you said earlier, man, just Dalton Connect, he's he's playing at an unbelievable level. And if you have him that's able to continue that, this team can easily, I know I say easily, it's it's gonna be a be a battle. But this team has the potential, they have the talent, they have the veteran leadership to get to a final four and I'm just hoping that Rick Barnes is finally able to break through. But this is this is the team to do it with. Um, and he very based well on might. How they've got it structured. Absolutely, Davey, We thank you so much for coming on with us, man. Tell us where to find you on X. That's right, guys. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, love hearing you all. The GI Jake show is running great. Um, I, I hope my, uh, I guess, prognostications come a lot better. I, I, I hate that. <laughs> I'll, I'll call myself out, man. I didn't think Vrabel was going to get fired. I said that on the last time. Give it 24 hours. Him and uh, Amy had a meeting, and things went south quickly. But, yeah, guys, uh, keep up the great work. You can find me on social at Davey underscore Hudson. And um, I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely, Davey. We'll talk soon, man. Thanks, guys. That is Davey Hudson from Outkick joining us live here on the G.I. Jake Show. Stay with us. Final segment of hour number one coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. White Claw is taking hard seltzer to new heights with White Claw Surge. At 8% alcohol, White Claw Surge is a stronger wave of refreshment that doesn't compromise on taste. Available in four bold waves of flavor like ripe blackberry, citrusy blood orange, zesty natural lime, and tart cranberry. Check out your favorite retailer in-store and online for the White Claw Surge Variety 12-pack and 16-ounce single-serve cans. White Claw Surge, please drink responsibly. Is your home's exterior in need of a makeover? If so, it's time to call North Knox Siding and Windows. Transform your home's curb appeal with premium siding options. From classic to modern styles, they've got something to suit every taste. 
upgrade to energy efficient windows that'll keep your home comfortable all year round while saving you money on your energy bills. North Knox Siding and Windows, get ready to fall in love with your home all over again. Online at North Knox Siding and Windows, are you ready to elevate your driving experience? Then you need to head over to your hometown dealership, Parkside Kia, home of the lifetime warranty. Discover the latest Kia cars and SUVs where technology meets style. Our friendly staff is here to make your car buying experience a breeze. Don't wait. Visit Parkside Kia today and drive home in the Kia of your dreams. Check them out online at parksidekia.com and visit their showroom at 9929 Parkside Drive. Parkside Kia, where your journey begins. Are you tired of looking at that piece of furniture that is wore down, but you don't want to get rid of it? Go see our friends at Sun Upholstery and Fabric. Locally and family owned and operated with over 67 years of combined experience. Located at 8913 Oak Ridge Highway. Give them a call today at 865-237-3272 or visit them online at fabricsun.com. That's fabricsun.com and be sure to tell Stan that you heard about him right here on Fan Run Radio. Are you ready to make your dream home a reality? Hi, I'm Bo Kregner, and here at the Kregner Group at Realty Executives, we know that finding the perfect home is more than just a transaction. It's about finding your sanctuary, your future, your happiness. Our team is dedicated to guiding you every step of the way, ensuring a smooth and stress-free journey towards home ownership. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing, we're here to help. Call me anytime at 865-742-1035 or just visit us online at bonoshouses.com. Rogers Utility Solutions, a division of Rogers Hydrant Service, is a family-run Tennessee-based business since 2015. Now serving municipalities and residences in 14 states, Rogers offers fire hydrant flow testing, distribution flushing, and maintenance programs in accordance with ISO standards. Rogers also offers hydrant repair and installation, and they have the capability of repairing hydrants under pressure. For more information on Rogers new sewer maintenance program complete with mapping cleaning and camera inspecting visit rogershydrantservice.com segment of hour number one here on the gi jake show right here on fan run radio jake miller brett hollander marcus young intern jack we're going to be with you for about another hour and four ish or five minutes one or the other depending on how i feel depending on how hungry i get between now and then i'm already hungry man you're already hungry yeah i missed breakfast i'm so sorry missed out on my soup Mm-mm-mm. oh my goodness we're going to recap what happened last night in college basketball coming up here with brett's best bets we're also going to Go over our bets. We're going to keep track of how many we're hitting now. Uh, can we start tomorrow or start today? Yeah, we're starting today. Okay, good. We're going to start today. We're going to ignore tomorrow or yesterday. But we're going to get everybody an idea of whose bets to fade, whose bets to catch. You laughing at yourself over there? Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. It happens, man. It happens to me. Well, here's the thing. I do one of two things. I'm either oh so close or yet so far. Happens to the best of us. Coming up tonight, you have number eight Auburn traveling to Tuscaloosa, in which Alabama is a three and a half point favorite in this game. That game at seven thirty on ESPN. And as far as big time matchups that might have a little bit of luster to them, you got Illinois, number ten in the country, going to Northwestern tonight at nine o'clock. That'll be on the Big Ten Network. Illinois, only a three and a half point favorite. Yeah, and Northwestern, I think, has a win over Purdue this year, I think, at home. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a tempting bet to make. That's a tempting bet to make. And, um, I might just have that little teaser. <laughs> I might hey, have Northwestern hey, beating Illinois. Teasers are great. I'm mad at Illinois. What are they doing with this Terrence Shannon guy? I don't know, man. Letting him play. Do you agree with that? No. No, I don't. I really don't. But that's why we're not running basketball programs, yes, I guess. I guess, yeah. I mean, what, or what, the law. I mean, what can you say at that point? Now you have uh, Marquette and DePaul. DePaul three and fifteen on the year. They are seventeen and a half point dog at home. Their coach, right? Zero and seven in the Big East. Man, I mean, you look at DePaul and Georgetown. Back in the day, those are teams that would make runs in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I mean, we're going back to the ancient years before you were even born, Brett. 
Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the pre three point era Unfair. is what is what I should say. Um, harsh, but okay. That was a. Uh, I'll take it. That was actually a team that Larry Bird had to get past when he was in Indiana State when they made their national championship game run. Oh yeah. Eventually losing to Michigan State and Magic Johnson. Then you have Kansas State and Iowa State. Iowa State a seven and a half point favorite at home tonight. Both teams fourteen and four. Kansas State is four and one in the Big Twelve. Kansas State, Coach Tang. We're gonna love each other. We're gonna absolutely love each other, and that's why we win. You guys remember that last year in the NCAA tournament? I don't think so. So that was one of the things that he said after each game in the NCAA tournament. We we're gonna love each other. We love each other. And then after they got beat by FAU, he went into their locker room and congratulated them, acting like he was Coach K. <laughs> and then they all just basically ignored him and just started dancing. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to the Final Four. We're going to the Final Four. Still bothers me that that team has one more Final Four appearance than what we do. That's pretty wild. It's, I mean, think about all the teams that have a Final Four run. And Tennessee doesn't. I looked at a Final Four banner. Isn't the Final Four the hardest thing to make, though? Yes. Of anything. I mean, we give Barnes such a hard time, but it's not the easiest thing to do. It's not the easiest thing to do. But when you got the talent to do it, you have to seize that opportunity. Yeah, I guess. When well, you've what, only lost a team seated lower than you, that's that's the issue. It's alarming. Think, yeah. It is. It's very alarming. But at the same time, you know, we just got to see what we can do this year, and I cannot believe Kansas State is still wearing that god-awful – like the light purple top with the dark purple bottoms. You don't I, like it? I hate that. I'm a traditionalist, Brett. I know you are. It is what it is. Stay with us. Hour number one of the books. Hour number two of the G.I. Jake Show coming up right here on Fan Run Radio.